Hello, beautiful people. I am Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Kim Botney here. She is a vagina coach. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, you're welcome. I love what you're doing. So go Thank into you. more about your business. Yeah, it sort of happened a little bit, I, I always say accidentally on purpose. So really it, it sort of stemmed, it was inspired really by my fear of childbirth and tearing and dealing with the issues that my mom had and that she thankfully talked to me about when she was, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, there was a product that I used in my pregnancy, a biofeedback device from Germany that helps train the pelvic floor for birth and recovery. And I used that and I had a good experience and said, oh my gosh, I, I think more people need to know about this and and other like just pelvic health in general so that's kind of how it started and i asked the company if i could be a distributor in canada and then from there i, I was introduced to pelvic floor physiotherapists and from there i learned more about really how little we knew as women and that sort of stemmed or well it, it kind of started the mission i have of, of wanting more people to know and really the focus was early on pregnant women and that evolved as i evolved through life stages as well so kind of covering the main life stages um, but yeah so right now i have online programs for women in pregnancy motherhood and menopause dealing specifically with pelvic health and it's both preventive and restorative so programs for pregnant people and non-pregnant people mm-hmm. and i also do coaching so that's that's kind of what i do Oh, wow. That's amazing. Wait, so are you noticing that women in their 20s too, are they also struggling with? Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it has historically been considered like incontinence, let's say. Incontinence is kind of the main one that people talk about. That typically has been associated with people once they reach a nursing age home or they're, you know, they're no longer able to you know, people say you start out in diapers and you end up in diapers. So that's kind of the the perception we have. But mm-hmm. incontinence and pelvic floor challenges are not just for the elderly population. Anybody can experience challenges at at, age, at any age, really. And and a lot of young athletes, in particular, so trampolinists, tennis players, uh, gymnasts, sometimes they actually have a fairly a fairly high percentage of people dealing with things like incontinence and prolapse and what have you. So it's, it doesn't matter what stage you're at or what activities you do. You can, you're, you're, you can experience them. Wait, but why do you think that is? I think, I mean, we don't necessarily, it's, it's like those things that say, well, is it because we have more awareness now or is it because it's always been that way and now we just know more? Or is it just because our lifestyle is different now? Who knows? But I will say that I I think that our quote unquote modern day lifestyle has contributed to an increase in the challenges. We we have this we have this amazing technology. We have so much of it available to us, so many things that we can use to help us slow down aging or to help us eat better or to help you know all these things, but we also are more sedentary as a population and so we're sitting more and oftentimes our posture is not great when we're sitting. We have text neck. Yeah, everybody adjusts a little bit. <laughs> we, we get text neck. We have computer, you know, we're hunched up over cars or so lots of things contributed to, to contribute to kind of a breakdown in our posture or our alignment from a core function perspective. Um, and, and yeah, so I think that's a huge component. And then we also then have the, I feel like it's every year, 
harder and harder exercise. So every year there's something more intense, more extreme, more ab blasting, more whatever it is. And, and so people who sit for the majority of the day make up for, they think they're making up for that by pursuing harder, more intense activity. And oftentimes the challenges that are happening to the core because of being sedentary for the majority of the time means that it's not quite able to best manage the loads of these really extreme exercises. So I think that's a a part of it as well, a kind of a combination of of that. Um, There is more research now looking at, is it true that more intense exercise and heavy lifting is going to increase your incontinence and prolapse or, or prolapse? And there's there's different, you know, of course we can find research to argue both sides pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like it, there's, it, I wouldn't say there's a concrete hundred percent that yes, if you lift heavy weights, you're for sure going to have incontinence or prolapse, but yes, there are some studies that do show a correlation in that. So even in somebody who has been active and doesn't leave a sed- uh, sorry, live a sedentary life, perhaps the repetitive nature of the extreme exercise they're doing is contributing. So I think there's lots of different influences. I think food and inflammation in our bodies, um, a lot of that, the amount of stress we're under, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that are contributing, I think. Mm, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, because it seems like women, like like for me, for example, I've dealt with like, if I'm laughing too hard, all of a sudden I pee myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so common. I always thought that was something that I would have to deal with when I was older. No, no. And it's something that ideally you address now so that it doesn't become a bigger issue. And I think that, you know, I, I can't remember if this is actually a study or if it's just, a, you know, just a, something that's shared in, in social media and what have you, but women wait on average six and a half years before they seek help for a pelvic floor challenge. Mm. And I, I also say then if men had a pelvic floor challenge, they would wait about 6.5 seconds. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big discrepancy there where women are, they, they, think it's normal. Mm-hmm. They, you know, I've had babies or I'm getting older. They might be embarrassed to talk to their healthcare practitioner about it. There was one bit of research that looked at the reason being the reason why women wait is because they don't or don't bring it up is because they don't want to embarrass their healthcare practitioner. So it's not so much about them being embarrassed, but potentially embarrassing their healthcare providers so they don't ask. So there's lots of contributors on on that side as well. But um yeah, it's 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 interesting to <laughs> it's mm. interesting to follow along, but yeah, it, it's it's very very common. If we can address it at a younger age, if we can be talking about it more from a proactive management, like we go to the dentist, we we should be managing our pelvic health just the same way. Be proactive about it. Go when you don't have symptoms. Stay on top of it. You know, when we're armed with that information, I think that it can make a huge difference as we as we age. So yeah, so definitely don't ignore it. Pay attention. Mm, yes. Well, that's the whole reason why I'm doing my podcast is because like I couldn't have an orgasm and it was because I was on antidepressant birth control and I was just completely disconnected my body. And so yep. then that dove me head first in doing this work. But the more I get into it, the more I'm wanting, whoa, there's so much more to that. And then that includes the public floor health. Yep. I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day and she was saying kind of, I guess she's one of those women that you're talking about. She's like, yeah, you know, I might have to have surgery. I'm having all these issues. I mentioned to her, cause that's what I'm using is the jade egg. What do you think about that? Are you pro that? Do you think it works? I always like asking people these questions because some people are for it, some people aren't. Yep. 
So I'm going to answer two things there. Well, I'm going to answer the jade egg, but I just want to make a quick comment with regards to your sister with surgery. So right now, currently, when, when women do seek help, so whether they've waited for a while or whether they get on it right away, regardless of that, they seek help. And oftentimes they seek help from, from somebody within the medical community. Mm-hmm. And we need, some, we need the medical community, but in my opinion, it's not necessarily who we need as our first line of defense. So what happens is they often seek help. And there are some medical practitioners who will refer to pelvic floor physio first, but a lot of times the, the solutions offered are uh, surgery or pharma or medication. And they can absolutely be life-changing if that's what's needed. And, uh, and I, I'm by no means against surgery at all. I think surgery can be transformative and absolutely plays a role. But if pelvic floor physio or physical therapy has not been pursued first, if the awareness of what could have contributed to the problem is not addressed, then the surgery has removed symptoms and then they're still at risk of potentially having that recur because they haven't learned to manage their intra-abdominal pressure or they haven't learned how to exercise in ways that support it or there's Mm. lots of different things. So people think that they need to have surgery and they aren't necessarily given all of the information. So to anybody who is considering it or anybody who has been told they need it, I would highly recommend that you seek the help of a pelvic floor physical therapist first and get a more thorough understanding of what's actually happening in your pelvic floor and if surgery would be beneficial or not. Um, so that's my stance on that. I just wanted to add that in. But with regards to the jade egg, so there's social media has created uh, way more awareness, which is amazing. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more people talking about it, a lot more people um, sharing their information, sharing their products, and that's amazing. And one of them is the jade egg, or there's lots of other Kegel exercise devices that are out mm-hmm. there as well. The LV, the Kegel. You heard um, of a Kegel release curve? Kegel release curve. It, it's, that's a little bit different. So mm-hmm. um, different and the same at the same time, I guess. But yeah, so there's, there's lots of different tools that we can have access to. And if people are, you know, we, we, a lot of people are use Dr. Google, so they'll research and they'll, they'll say, Oh, I must have a weak pelvic floor if this is happening. Mm-hmm. And so then what, you do for a weak pelvic floor is you strengthen the, the pelvic floor with a jade egg or with an LV or whatever it is. And without a complete understanding of what is contributing to the weakness. So is, is the weakness happening because you have a lack of tone in the, the muscles or is the weakness happening because you have too much tone or more overactivity? And without an understanding of that, it can mean the success or not with regards to an egg or an LV or any other type of device. So if I was to recommend a device to somebody, first of all, if you have access to a pelvic floor physical therapist, I recommend that you invest your money in that first and they can help you determine if you need something. If it's determined that it could be beneficial, then my first recommendation is the LV because it is biofeedback and it can, the technology in that actually can help distinguish between a contraction, like a proper contract and lift versus somebody who thinks they're contracting and is actually bearing down or creating pressure. So I like that from a teaching perspective. If you don't have access to physical therapy or you can only afford one, then the LV would probably be a good choice. With the egg, there's no biofeedback in an egg other than the sensation. So the other ones, you can actually see something because it's attached to an app on your phone. So for people that may not have as much sensation, the feedback visually on an app or a screen can be helpful. The jade eggs, again, you have 
if you have the sensation to feel it inside, that's helpful. Um, and it depends on the manufacturer. So there's lots of different people who promote eggs and, um, and different people have different schools of thought with regards to um, use. And some will say, put it in and then walk around or do your exercise or, you know, carry on. And <clears throat> I don't necessarily believe that that's the most functional approach to training. So we want the pelvic floor muscles to, to go through their full range of motion of a contract lift and letting go. And if we are holding on to something inside of us, and, and sometimes we may have to work harder to hold it in, then we're creating a bit more tension. We're kind of contributing to those tension patterns that I would say wouldn't necessarily be the, the best. And the other thing is from a removal, if you do enjoy the JDA, if you like the feedback, if you've had, you know, if, if it resonates with you from a use, then find one that has a string or a tail for removal because a lot of them say when you want to remove it just simply bear down and then grab it but mm -hmm. that that bearing down is really damaging to the pelvic floor and to the organs so that's a big a big piece to consider so with the string you just pull it out right like a tampon yeah okay yeah yeah and then okay yeah. so this is um i'm glad we're talking about this though because you know for me i have been recommending the jade egg to people but i think it's important for what you're saying to if i recommend the jade egg it might not work for them <laughs> you know yeah so yeah yeah so it's and that's again why i recommend physio or physical therapy as kind of a first step because mm -hmm. the cost is about the same actually i'm not sure i think jade eggs are, are a little bit cheaper but the lv is you know, upwards of, I think it's about 200 bucks and a session with a physio is usually around 130 bucks. So from a cost, I think it makes more sense to see a person to get a, a true assessment first. And then from that point, that physio can help you understand, are you holding on to more tension? And if so, putting something in there that you have to hold on to will actually contribute to your symptoms potentially worsening. Mm -hmm. If you find out that you have laxity, um, and it's, it's, you need to work more on the up training, then potentially something like that might help you. But sometimes eggs can be discouraging to some people who may, who, who lack tone because they may not be able to hold it in. So that can also be, you know, there's lots of different things to consider. So the LV is a little lighter and because it has the feedback, it's, it's usually again, why that would be my first choice if they can't see a physical therapist, but, um, but I do know that there's a lot of people that, you know, that the egg, there's other benefits to the crystal, like to the egg itself. There's beliefs around that, which can um, resonate with people as well. So it's about finding what works for you, but first understanding what your floor needs. Mm, okay, definitely. And then what about, yeah, because I've heard the jade egg increases sensation, increases orgasms. What, what would you say about that? You know, I, I can't, I don't know of research, so I, don't, I would want to, and it's not that I'm only relying on research, but I would want to know, I would want to see if there is any on that, but also just my own personal experience, I've not used it enough in comparison to something else to see if that's really been a trigger, so I can't really tell. Of course, there's lots of marketing with regards to any products. There's marketing around mm -hmm. the, the LV, this, that, you know, all of them will promise great things. Uh, it's dependent oftentimes on the user. It's dependent on, again, what the floor needs. So if, if the floor hasn't been evaluated and a product that is used promises something, if it's used incorrectly or used 
I'm sorry, and if, if the floor is not in a position to benefit from it, then it won't work. So it's it's hard to it's hard to say. But I will say that things that could contribute to increased sensation and orgasm are circulation. So if you have muscles that are shorter and tighter or holding on to more tension, there is less circulation there. So when you work on down training that and in and going through the range of motion that can increase circulation. So that could contribute to it. So is it the egg that did it or is it the movement of the muscles that did it? Don't know. So I think it can be something that contributes to, but I wouldn't blanket statement say that eggs increase orgasm and sensation. Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and then what about for women before they have a baby, do you recommend seeing a public floor specialist? Yes. Just to prepare. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't, I mean, I think there's generally kind of around 18 to 20, 21 is, is where I think people are saying that would be a good time to start. I think it's important to have the conversation earlier than that. So when we're teaching our children uh, about sexual health and sexual wellness, introducing the concept of the pelvic floor being a group of muscles, introducing all of the roles that the pelvic floor plays in our life, introducing range of motion movement, introducing, you know, those types of concepts early on will help make it just like you've learned how to do a bicep curl at the gym or what have you. It's just, it's part of the body. And the more we understand its purpose and its power, the better that helps us through all stages. And then in pregnancy, if somebody is thinking of becoming pregnant or is pregnant already, I introduce the concept also of, yes, we want to have a strong pelvic floor and, you know, uh, range of motion movement is good. But almost more importantly, we need a pelvic floor to be able to surrender and to soften and to expand and release and, and allow a, a baby, a person to to come out into the world. So mm-hmm. when we are one of those people that holds on to more tension, that can work against us when we're trying to birth our babe vaginally. And if we are, if we begin to understand that concept of surrendering and releasing and opening while we're pregnant, yes, while we're doing some of the range of motion stuff, but, but focusing more on the kind of the down training aspect, it can, I think that's a, a huge piece of what I do when I'm working with pregnant women. So um, the difference between the up training and the down training, the creating, like the lifting, the creating more tension versus the letting go of tension is, is really, really important. Mm, yeah. I'm glad you bring that point up. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of women, like, I love what you're saying about that because that's the thing. Like I didn't really learn any of this until I was like, Whoa, there's a big problem. Yeah. And now I feel like I know most more than most women, but like this should all be common knowledge that every woman knows. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Absolutely, it should be. And that, that's sort of, you know, what I'm talking about when we introduce sexual health to our children, that's a great place to start the conversation. And then as we, you know, st- progress into other stages of life, exploring more or be given tools to, um, to investigate, but, but creating that curiosity in people to investigate as they age and to keep it as a topic that isn't, you know, presented to us when all of a sudden things are not going right and we're 30 years old or 40 years old and we've been living in this body this whole time without having any clue. So, um, yeah, it's, I would say that's the most common thing I hear. Why didn't anybody tell me or why am I only learning about this now? You know, and now that, especially 
you know, a lot of people I work with are now perimenopause or in menopause now. And then there's even more changes with regards to hormones. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, if had I known that I could manage my hormones this way, or had I known that I could have been doing pelvic floor physio this whole time, I would have been doing it. So yeah, mm. we have to, we have to do yes, better. Definitely. Um, okay. So what do you want, like, where do you want to leave everybody with in this conversation? Um, well, if you haven't picked it up already, I would say pelvic floor physio is one thing that I, <laughs> yeah, I say so that important. ad nauseum is <laughs> so important. So, um, it, you know, Google pelvic floor physio and your city to find somebody. There's a great website by a colleague of mine, um, pelvicguru.com, where there's a, a very extensive directory of pelvic health professionals around the world. So you can see if somebody is listed there who's in your area, make an appointment, see them and, and make it like you go to the dentist, making an annual check-in that you do um, every year, even if you have no symptoms. So that would be my, my number mm, one thing mm. that I say all the time to anybody, regardless of their stage of life. The other thing would be um, recognize the recognize the messages that are sent to us in media as uh, they're they you know well intended they are increasing the conversation and they're they're trying to present options to people. However, where I believe they fall short is they're not they're not presenting it as a temporary thing. They're not presenting it as a fix, as a, as a truly fixable thing. They're, mm -hmm. they're presenting it as something that, well, it's just part of being a woman or, you know, it's just it's the way it is. And so I would say, don't accept pads as your destiny. Do not mm. accept or believe that it's something you need to live with. And, uh, but yeah, so that would be the, the, the other thing that I would leave you with. And the other is, learn how to do Kegel exercises and seeing a physio can help. Um, I have a couple of videos on my YouTube channel that can help teach you learn how to do them correctly and then make sure it's something that you're doing consistently and also coordinated with movement because <clears throat> generally Kegels are prescribed as something that you do, you know, at every red light or while you're brushing your teeth and it's often sitting in a static position. And a lot of times the things like, pressure from a prolapse or back pain or leaking with incontinence happen when we're moving, not when we're sitting down. So we want to make sure that we can train that group of muscles to respond in movement. So understanding how to do that is a, is a real life skill. It's a real um, game changer, I would say, for a lot of people. So those would kind of be my main three tips. Mm, those are great. Yeah, I'm glad you said that too about the pads thing, because I think that I hate our society still makes the female body seem like it's like this mysterious thing that no one knows anything about, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yeah. So I'm very Including thankful. the owner. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I think there's yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so where can everybody find you if they want to learn more information? Uh, Vaginacoach.com is my website and you can find my programs and my coaching services there. Um, social media, Vagina Coach as well. So I'm, I'm the most active, I would say, on Instagram. That's where I, I have the biggest community and I post the most actively, I would say. Um, but I do have a Facebook page as well. And I also have a private Facebook group called box talk. So if you are looking for a place to ask questions that's safe, that's not public and you don't want to necessarily email me, then it's every woman in there has some element like pelvic organ prolapse or incontinence. And it's a, it's a community to learn from one another and to, and to have access to me to ask questions and what have you. Mm, so amazing. I love Thank that you, you do that. Okay, I will definitely put all your links below. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate having me. Thank you so much.
Yes, definitely. And then y'all be sure to subscribe, like, share the podcast. I really want to get this information out and have a great day.